The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 59. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week on Insight Sunday we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Because Insight Sunday's interview was so packed and full of value, I just had to share it with you in two parts. On Sunday, Carrie shared her story and experience in law enforcement agencies that led her to found Mindset Enterprise. She talked about how she developed a servant mentality and what a toxic workplace looks like and how it can lead you or your teams to hate their jobs. She also shared how her response gave rise to living her passions and creating her business. Today, our conversation continues with talking about grief, letting ourselves and others down, why it's important to be proactive rather than reactive, and how to cultivate the decisions and habits to become more proactive in your life and business. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change, like they had so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching and consulting will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-backed tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com coaching or dryishai.com consulting. When you talk about feeling hate, the way my brain thinks about it and processes it is that hate shows up when there is something or someone who by their action, and they actually, there's an experience of whether it's a, an organization or a job or a person that 
whatever that entity is, it is putting its energy into getting in the way of me and my needs. Yeah. And that's, it's our brain literally labeling that thing. And so the experience of hatred is there to help me recognize when there is someone or an entity that is actively getting in the way of me having my needs, my goals, my dreams, Mm -hmm. all of those things met. And what it's there to do is to really have me look at that and say, well, do I want to be near this? Do I need to get away? And it's really there to help direct me to kind of move away from or address or handle whatever it is that is going on. You know, and I think so many of us, we're not in tune with that, or we think hatred has no place in the world. Well, if hatred has no place in the world, then what would you have done? Right. I would have continued to be miserable. I would have accepted my situation like so many do. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe I'd still be that. I mean, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I, it's one of the best things that happened to me. Yeah. That road would have led somewhere completely different and perhaps unimaginable. Exactly. I mean, where I am now and with us being dual entrepreneurs and working from home and the personal and professional journeys we've gone through, I know we'll get to dive into it because that's not easy either. There's a different roller coaster there, Mm -hmm. but we live on our terms. We are both equal caregivers of our three children. We get to vacation when our kids are out of school. I mean, we've created this life Mm. that we didn't even know we wanted. It, well, it wasn't part of the plan. The plan was marry the Marine, whole retire. He was going to go work for Boeing or whoever was recruiting him. And I was being recruited by the FBI at the time. And then we would start moving for me. It would have been a completely different life and picture mm. than what we've created. And it's so much better than anything I dreamt of 10 years ago. It's so much better. But I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know this was even a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. And what I'm hearing is that what ended up leading you down this road was the emotions that came up and the way in which they really shook up you and your family life and the reactions that happened to that were disruptive. And that disruption actually ended up because you listened to it and you you realized that you needed to listen to it. They actually helped you carve out a path that is so much more enjoyable that is so much more Mm -hmm. meaningful, that you get to have so much more fulfillment. Yeah, I I was misaligned. Because I'm aware of my core values and family being Mm. at the top, I was misaligned. And it was my core values, my mission, my vision cannot be fulfilled in the space I'm currently in right now. And going back to what you said about why emotions even come out, you know, why the hate, I think I resented my own situation. And that's how it came out. and. Here we are, but you're right. If we don't have that self-awareness and we don't take the time to say, okay, why am I feeling hatred? Why do I feel resentment? Why am I being toxic to my own husband who, you know, is great, has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. what's going on at work. You know, it's not his fault. What am I doing? Well, this is why, right? All of these other things, kind of that negative cycle that we get trapped Mm -hmm. in sometimes. Yeah. I want to highlight something that you mentioned there. And I think it's so important and so connected. You talk about resentment. So I have a definition for resentment. I have definitions for all these different kind of feelings, experiences. (laughs) And resentment, from what I've seen and the way I've come to understand it, is resentment shows up when there is an unresolved issue or set of issues. And it grows over time as long as it remains unresolved because 
the purpose, the reason we have resentment is its job is to push and cajole and nudge us into getting some form of resolution. In fact, I've seen it be or become the biggest relationship killer, whether it's business relationships or intimate relationships or friendships, the unresolved issues that resentment shows up and tells us we need to have resolved. There are a bunch of different ways that it can try to resolve itself. The most common one when it doesn't get addressed is it creates distance and lack of communication. And eventually there's so much distance that people just walk away from whatever it was that was going on. When that doesn't happen, it can show up in indirect ways, which can either be passive aggressive or perhaps as you were talking about, when what we feel or experience in one environment gets held by us and then it shows up in another environment, as you were talking about with work, then kind of being absorbed into you and then being kind of let out in your family, not in an intentional or conscious way, but just because there was something that was so important and so unresolved that it needed the resolution, it needed to get addressed. And so it was showing up in all these ways, trying to make the awareness, to create the awareness and the disruption that needs to happen to address what needed to be addressed. Oh my gosh, I love it. Maybe this is why you're a psychologist. I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel so understood. I feel so validated. (laughs) Well, of course. And so I'll share with you, I actually view it the other way around. It's being a psychologist that has allowed me to explore these things and make more sense of them. And, you know, I I mean, there perhaps is a part of my personality that is very much oriented towards how can I understand you and what you went through and what's going on. And I think many times, so many of us, we think that emotions need validation or that our experiences are not anchored in themselves. And from my perspective, feelings and emotions are inherently valid. Now, I think that comes with the understanding that they're functional. They have purpose. So it's really more about Mm -hmm. being curious and understanding the purpose because they are inherently valid. If somebody is experiencing hatred, it's not helpful to tell them you shouldn't feel that way or don't feel that way. Right. And I'll add, just because feelings are inherently valid, that doesn't mean that all behaviors are okay. To borrow, actually, there's a phrase from one of my favorite parenting books just called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. It's a really great book. I recommend it to pretty much all the parents. One of the things they say is all feelings can be accepted but not all behaviors need to be. Mm -hmm. And so from my viewpoint, all feelings, all emotions are inherently valid. They're telling us about our experience and a need that is or isn't being met. And they have jobs, they have functions, which is part of the reason they push so hard, especially when we don't listen to them. Right. And so from my perspective, I'm not the one who gets to offer validation. It's It's the best thing I could do is help make sense of the reason or the way in which your emotion system mm-hmm. is trying to get you to, to meet your needs and address what isn't being met. Oh my gosh. I love it. You're right. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And I definitely practice and believe the same where, I mean, even with our children, when we parent, it's okay. You feel sad or you feel angry. That's okay. What's not okay is hitting your brother because you're angry. Right. right? You know, what else can we do? And, you know, I understand you feel sad and, you know, we talk about all of those things you know, in relatively simple terms, my mm-hmm. oldest being six, but they're complex. And right now, especially the, the four-year-old and the toddler, it's, oh my gosh, I have this feeling and I don't even know what it is. And I don't know what to do with it. And so it mm. comes out in, you know, a plethora of stressful, exciting behaviors, <laughs> you know, only in public and things like that. 
Well, and it's an expression or attempt at expression when there is very little or no language for it. And that's a hard thing. It's very hard. One of the biggest frustrations for children and even for adults when we experience it is to have something we are experiencing internally and not being able to communicate or show what our intent or our need or the disruption to those things is. It's such a very, very difficult experience. And you know, it sounds like what you do is you help your children make sense of what they're experiencing and then also help them understand limits and consequences. If they hit one of their siblings, well, their sibling's going to be hurt and upset. And so they're now going to have reactions. And right. that and understanding the consequence of those behaviors, again, in simple terms, because younger children aren't necessarily as able to process just with language, those things. But it's such an important piece of it. It's such an important point. And I wanted to, if it's okay, come back to part of what you were talking about around the reactions is how much it affected your family. And I also, I wanted to perhaps draw a connection between that, noticing how much your experience in the second agency affected you and your family system. I know that when you decided to start Mindset Enterprise, what you wanted to do was to change this experience for it sounds like your people who are law enforcement and also mm-hmm. for their communities and their families. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it goes back to, like I said, if it happened to me, it can happen to anybody, right? Regardless. And we know that it's again in every industry, which is why, you know, kind of yeah, merged with corporate as well. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of personal development, a lot of self-reflection work, a lot of let's take the time to make ourselves better because until we're better, we don't fulfill our leadership capacity, right? Mm -hmm. We don't influence and inspire those around us. We don't serve our communities to the best of our ability. It's that whole concept of you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with law enforcement, you add in basically all the inevitable trauma and mental health issues and strained relationships sleep deprivation, all the good stuff that just comes with being a first Mm. responder. And we know it's there, but we're reactive to it instead of proactive, which is the biggest issue. Mm. It sounds like sometimes the reactions, almost in the way that you were talking about your kids, sometimes the reactions are big behaviors rather than being able to identify and understand what is the specific need or what is getting in the way or where is the harm and what can be addressed in order to ensure that people are cared for, especially those first responders themselves. Right. And as I'm coming out in those behaviors, you know, even better than I do, but okay, so we don't have a temper tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, but do we have an affair? Do we start drinking? Mm. Do we, you know, what are those adults right? Those adult behaviors where we're stressed and we're looking for an outlet or we're Mm -hmm. trying to find fulfillment and we have no idea where to get it, especially when we're professionally successful. Yeah. We're we're doing well and on paper, everything looks pretty good. Right. And then it can be very much internally that we are really struggling to what in psychology language is called regulate ourselves. And regulation is all about being able to come back to a calm, present, fulfilled space where our needs are fulfilled and we're available and able to give, you know, having in our cup so that we can pour. And I wanted to point out, I think something that you really mentioned, which is so important is whether we're talking about 
And I know we've kind of gone back and forth between talking about children and parenting, but also <laughs> when we're talking about adults, we don't always, in fact, often we are not totally aware of all of our needs in the moment that they're showing up. We often find out afterwards. And there, as mm-hmm. it turns out, there's even a biological process to that, right? So the way in which our body creates the discomforts that tell us about our needs is a hormonal process. And the basic, the most basic examples of that are things like hunger and thirst or exhaustion mm-hmm. when we're tired, feeling tired. As it turns out, those processes, because they are biologically hormonal, meaning there are specific hormones that get us to feel tired or feel hungry, that those processes can take a half hour because that's how long it takes for our brain to stimulate the release of the hormones that then cycle through our body, that then give our body the physiological responses that then travel back up to our brain. So we don't often know immediately. And sometimes we don't even know within a half hour because sometimes we're not as tuned into it. And if we're not as available, if we're not regulated enough or available enough and calm enough to take in those signals, then we may totally miss them, but then we're not meeting a set of needs, whether it's sleep or food or a kind of care or being able to manage or handle or come down from our stress or our Mm -hmm. overwhelm or the anxiety or whatever else is showing up. And then that can really snowball. Yeah. We're in such a rush. And I have this conversation with, we'll say just formal leaders all the time where they say, well, you know, the communication strategies you're talking about, the, the gender differences. We do a lot of that gender intelligence training and generational training. And they go, that takes a lot of time. I said, yeah, I know it does. It takes a lot of time. It takes effort. But in the long run, you're going to be proactive and avoid a lot of these conflicts that are probably coming your way anyway. So we need to take that time. And I get it because I run 100 miles an hour. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I've got shiny object syndrome, right? I'm always doing something. I get bored easily. I completely get it. (laughs) Absolutely. But if we can't acknowledge and take the time, like you said, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Well, why? What does that look like? What do I need to do? What tools and strategies can I apply here that fixes this so I don't run on overwhelm for the next 30 days? and then crash and burn whatever that behavior may look like 30 mm-hmm. days from now, right? How do I self-reflect and make sure I am present and say, okay, this is stressful because of course, you know, stress, you stress, good, bad, it all comes together. We know it's part of life, but if we can acknowledge it and say, okay, now what? It's not that big of a deal. It's when we get lost and when we rush past it and we don't acknowledge the emotions and now it's, well, I don't know. I'll just go to work work will fix it, right? Things at home are bad. I'll just work late hours. Well, we know that doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, borrowing time like that. Right, yeah, it it doesn't actually work, but it happens all the time. Right. And I'm sure you've met plenty, I have too, that run away to their job to try Mm. to fix something at home or vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. And it comes back to something you were saying before about being proactive versus reactive and letting things kind of slide or go along and then responding to them only when they become critically, like a kind Mm -hmm. of critical beyond the capacity problem where it's an immediate urgent problem as opposed to taking and putting in the consistent time and energy that would really address that in advance. So I want to also say I'm really loving this conversation. I wish, and I'm sure we can continue going on probably forever, 
I did want to jump into a couch round before we wrap up uh, for today. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Awesome. So for the first question, in your experience, does growth happen in quantum leaps or in small increments? I'm actually going to say both. I know it's a little noncommittal for me. <laughs> I think when you have a major milestone, it can feel like it was a major leap, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how I got here, but boom, there it is. Whether it was a success or not, quantum leap. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to that self-reflection. Actually, here are these hundred little wins that I had along, along the way that created this crescendo of success, mm. right? We don't do nothing and then wake up with great success, right? You've, you have to do the small steps and everything else. And sometimes, whew, you small step for a really long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think it's both. I think it can feel like both, but I do think you need the small steps into that crescendo and then you get that quantum leap. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Next, is innate talent or skill development more important in business and organizations and leadership? Skill development, 100%. We can do fixed mindset versus growth mindset here pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Talent is nice, but talent is just the beginning, right? Talent doesn't grow. Your skill development of that talent is what gets you to grow, right? It's what creates more wins, is what actually produces more for you. But you can learn anything, right? Now, I'm not saying if you're four feet tall, you're going to go to the NBA because you, you know, learned how to play basketball. Let's not be crazy here, but you can learn how to lead. You can learn, you know, technical skills, soft skills, you know, whatever you need to perform. But that growth mindset is key because if we think it's talent, then we're stuck in that. Well, this is the hand I was dealt. I guess I can't do that over there. I guess I wasn't born to be a leader or whatever else we can say about it. It becomes either you've got it or you don't. And if you don't, that becomes a somewhat convenient reason not to put in the effort to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an yeah. excuse. So jumping into the next question, what type of content have you been consuming lately? And how do you like to consume content, whether that's professional or personal for business pleasure? So again, I kind of do all the above. I do intentionally carve out 30 to 60 minutes of personal development a day. And that, it changes, right? Based on my needs, what I'm interested in at the time, um, it could be just, could be more mindset work. It could be something more technical, right? To kind of fine tune my craft and create some more training. I like podcasts. Podcasts are great. Everyone who says, I don't have time, throw a podcast on when you're doing all the mundane things. When you're folding laundry, when you're working out, when you're driving to wherever, pick a podcast. Okay, or an audiobook. You can do a book a week with the mundane tasks in your life if you just turn on an audiobook. So I do all of the above. I am a I love content. I just I take in a lot. I actually have to slow myself down to implement it before I take in more. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Next question. What is or are your non-negotiables? whether that's routine, values, time you protect. Mm -hmm. Values, definitely. I literally go through this mission, vision, values checklist before I make any decisions. And it makes everything really easy. If I'm given an opportunity, whether this is personal life or professional, um, but we'll say professional. I've had some great professional opportunities brought my way. 
right? Big contracts could have really changed my business, done a lot for me. But I went through, does this get me closer to fulfilling my mission? Yes or no? Mm. Does this support my vision and the steps I need to get there? Yes or no? And does this align with my values? Yes or no? If any of those things are a no, then the answer is no. Regardless of how good it may look, (laughs) right? Then the answer is no. So I go through that process for everything all day long, day in and day out. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it sounds like something that is such a kind of tangible takeaway that for anybody, you know, for those of you who are listening, you can take the time and carve out and think about and write down what are your mission, vision, and values. And then you can start making decisions or at least make the comparisons for yourself. So thank you so much for sharing that, Carrie. What Mm -hmm. a really useful tool. Thank you. So yeah. Next and final question, where and how can people find and connect with you and Mindset Enterprise or any of the other projects that you're working on? I wanted to add to that also, what kind of outreach is welcome versus what might not be so welcome or might even be ignored? So I don't ignore anybody, at least not intentionally. I uh, am huge on catering my communication to meet the needs of everybody else. And the best way, and I guess the most direct way to find me, of course, is mindsetenterprise.net. You can just get right on my calendar for a phone call or whatever you need from there. And then find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn a lot more. Find me Carrie Wootman on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Just say hello and we can have a conversation from there. I just love talking to people. Awesome. Thank you. And I will put those links in the show notes. So with that said, I want to say thank you so, so much for joining and sharing your thoughts when it comes to being a founder, an entrepreneur, a leader, and someone who helps organizations, cultures, and leadership really shift how they think and how they work in a way that creates more of a servant mindset and mentality and also creates the space to help people be more productive, to be more engaged, to get more of what they need and to help everyone else get what they need. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate, I hope that you've gained a lot out of today's conversation. And I really, really appreciate you, Carrie, for joining us and for sharing so much and so openly about your experience, how you think, how you've come to be where you have, and for engaging in conversations about feelings and experiences and reactions that can be so challenging and that so many people shy away from and even struggle to share. So thank you for sharing that. It's been so eye-opening and such a learning experience. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you again for being a change agent and for taking care of your people. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot wait to dive deeper into your hard-earned lessons and to learn more on Story Tuesday. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast.
Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 